0: At Hatsus Lawyers, we're all about forward thinking. That's why we're one of the few law firms in Queensland to offer fixed fee legal help. If you have a legal problem,
1: we have the solution. Now, here's your podcast. In today's economic times, increasingly businesses are looking at the economies of scale, how to become more efficient and effective at a cheaper rate, which of course turns many business owners' minds to outsourcing finding a supplier offshore to do the work that they would have invariably done in-house. And it's a phenomenon that isn't just for the bigger businesses in the market. Even small businesses like accounting practices, financial advisors, and even law firms are doing it. George, are there things a potential business needs to consider before you know, going down the outsourcing route? Hi, Dan. Yeah, there, there are a number of things. Um, this isn't anything
0: new, of course, but... We call it outsourcing now. And and post-GFC, you've seen very major companies do it uh, from banking sector to industrial sectors. Um, However, it's the age-old thing of employee versus contractor, especially at a a local level. Um, And so a lot of people get trapped with this. So it's not new um, and it's it's, – got a bent in in certain frames where uh, people are wanting to use non-unionized labor and hence by saying that it it, it really um, instigated it through the building industry many, many years ago. But now, of course, a lot more common with, with uh, outsourcing post-GFC. So it's, it's, it's a good reminder as to for any business who they're thinking of, uh, which are thinking of doing this, is what is the difference between an employee and a contractor?
1: Yeah, George. and what's an example of the outsourcing that you're seeing? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly see examples where, you know, businesses are, are going, well, look, we'll we'll, we'll outsource the accounting side of our practice or, or whatever the case might be. Is Are you seeing a, a, a much more broader uh, utilisation of outsourcing generally? Yeah, and a lot of people naturally uh, seem to, to think,
0: uh, India or the Philippines. However, that's not necessarily always the case. Mm. At the end, at the end of the day, it's it's admin functions, it's 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 backroom functions, and 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 most businesses are thinking that way. Uh, including, as you said in the introduction, even legal and accounting practices are thinking that way. It's all about reducing, reducing the cost, and focusing on what the client interaction is all about and and retaining staff to focus on that whilst the other aspects to a business that were normally housed under roof are, are done elsewhere by people
1: who are hopefully far more tuned to do it. George, my mind turns to, you know, when things go pear-shaped, what's the recourse? So, I suppose that brings us, you know, central to the, to the whole discussion around employer versus contractor. Are uh, the remedies for uh either of those um, roles the same? So if there is a, uh, uh, you know, some, some concern about the quality of work, for example, is the recourse options that are available to the business owner the same for a, an employer or an employee, you should say, or, uh, as opposed to a contractor? Well, no, they're not, I guess, um,
0: and to start off with, you've got, if, if you're dealing with an employee, an employee you, um, you employ under a contract of employment and there's either a, uh, an employment standard that goes with it or, or an old language, the, the award, um, but they've been replaced by certain fundamental employment standards. So, uh, the Fair Work Authority gets involved there and we've all heard the words unfair dismissal, so invariably there are those rules which, which encapsulate um, your your interrelationship with an employee, but that doesn't correlate with a contractor. For example, if there was to be um, uh, a non-performance or a lack of performance in a certain area, there's there's many many decided cases as to what constitutes due notice to an employee to rectify that, and and thereafter, if if not satisfied, then action being taken to terminate that employment, whereas under a contract, um, usually there is no reason that needs for it to be terminated other than maybe due notice of a a period of time. So um, the other aspect, other than just termination, is of course possible on flow of damages or losses that you can claim against a contractor, which you really can't do against an employee. So there's those fundamental aspects which um, are critical in in any small business owner's
1: mind when addressing this. So the starting point, George, you know, before somebody perhaps considers outsourcing as an option is to perhaps have a discussion or to at least get their head around uh, what are the risks involved in either of those functions. Is Is that how you see it? Well, absolutely. I mean, the cheapest part of any legal advice is at the front end before you get into trouble, not the back end where it's
0: going to cost you thousands of dollars in, in, in some sort of convoluted litigation. What what needs to happen is you need to fundamentally understand the difference between an employee and a contractor. For example, um, uh, there are cases uh, which talk about, well, the wearing of, an, of a uniform uh, gave the indicia of the, that person being an employee, albeit that they may have been under a contract. Then there are other cases that give the exact opposite, and I'm thinking of a courier's case in that respect. The Some of the fundamental aspects, and, a, and as we said before, the driver of this comes from cost cutting, or even if it's not cutting costs, it's about certainty of cost. So. Even if it's even if you're not talking about cutting costs you're talking about certainty of cost so when a business owner and a, a lot of our small business clients will put their mind to this and say well okay well I want to have a I want to start moving my my workforce to a contracted basis then what they're really saying is they want some certainty but the is- issue for them there is what is the difference and one of the fundamental differences is exclusivity for example they they want to paint their employee or or for contractor, as a contractor. So they will suggest that, hey, before I engage your services, I I, want to see your ABN uh, with or without a company structure. And misguidedly at times, they will think that that's all it takes. But the difficulty, the difficulty from a legal aspect is if that contractor is solely engaged with that company and works for nobody else, then there's every likelihood every likelihood that that person that, that slash company will be treated as an employee and not a contractor. So the company then finds itself at the back end of a, uh, a piece of litigation, whether it be part of an unfair dismissal claim or whether it be because they hadn't paid their workers' compensation or work cover premiums or hadn't paid superannuation premiums. It's It's amazing how things come back to a fairly basic dispute employee versus contractor and where it comes from so there's the aspect of if you're truly a contractor then that means you can work for anyone you want to for example when you engage a plumber he's not the only person you're not the only customer that person ever has so that has to be kept in mind when you're talking about wanting to engage a contractor otherwise
1: the 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 problems start from there. Yeah, it's, it's great advice because you can, um, you know, you see multiple businesses, you know, inadvertently make decisions at the front end that have a significant impact when uh, everything goes pear-shaped.
0: Absolutely. And one of those, I mean, personal labour is the hardest thing to contract mm. because you're not bringing anything else to the table other than your labour. Um, a subcontractor... Uh, in, in in a blue trade, uh, blue blue collar trade, sorry, a, a tradie, will have hopefully his his um, ute uh, with with all kitted out with all his tools and equipment that he that he or she needs to be able to carry out a task. So it's a bit easier to paint them as a contractor. But, and the big but there is, if as part of my engagement, if I was the builder and I was engaging that subby and if I said to him, you can't work for anybody else, well, guess
1: what? That person's an employee. That's how I see it. And that would be the advice I would give them. And then I suppose, George, it uh, then flows on that uh, there's discussions around, you know, workers' compensation if that particular contractor who uh, may be deemed as an employee is injured. Uh, You know, is your company or your business paying, uh, you know, workers' compensations premium to look after that uh, employee? There's a lot to it. Exactly. Yeah. George, where's the starting point for people to um, you know, get to get help from uh, Hatsus Lawyers? Well, we have a fixed fee
0: initial consultation on the small business uh, planning where we go through um, all these sort of critical factors. We, we do it for a client who's either setting up a greenfield, in other words, they're starting their own business, or they just want to come in and do a, a risk and asset uh, check to see where they're at, see whether their, their risk management is is up to scratch or not. So we're we able to help them with a fixed fee consultation where they can come in and we go through all their major risks and try and work out uh, ways of being able to help them in that respect. Or And usually it entails giving them a long list of
1: homework that they need to address over a period of time along with their accountant. Right. And people can contact you at hatsislawyers.com.au. Absolutely, either by email uh, or by phone. Great. Thanks, George.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening. We hope you found the podcast useful. If you have any questions, simply reach out to us at
1: www.hatsis.com.au or by simply calling 3345 4388.